Welcome to Rooster and the Devil, where we give you the Americans' perspective on English Premier League soccer, with hosts Brad Tyndall, Jimmy Karn, and Mike Steenstra. Hey, welcome to Rooster and the Devil. I am here to report an epic failure. Epic, epic failure. The boys, Brad, Jim, and I got together to record the podcast as we normally do on Tuesday night. Did a full hour, full episode, felt great about it. End of the episode, we wrap up our rants. Turns out someone, I'm not going to mention any names, Brad, did not record his audio by accident getting used to his new computer, and we lost that episode. Fine. That stinks. So what do we do? We immediately record another half-hour episode, and somehow the same thing happened. Ugh. Epic fail. Epic fail all around. So what are we going to do? We're going to press record for a third time. This is being recorded Wednesday. Uh, Hopefully it gets done. If it doesn't, you're not going to hear this. I'm not going to try anymore. It's over. But maybe it's not. Here it is. We got some games coming up very soon. So that seems like the right place to start considering we're only about nine minutes from some of these games starting. Um, Jimmy, what are you watching? Uh, I'm going to obviously keep an eye on the Man United-Crystal Palace game, first and foremost. Um, and I'm also excited to watch the Watford-Liverpool game. Um, I think that one's going to be just entertaining. Um, uh, hopefully it should be some good soccer to watch. Cool. How about you, Tyndall? Agreed. Yeah, obviously Spurs, Chelsea, uh, Liverpool to see how they react. Not a huge disappointment, the draw at United, but they know that they have pressure on them from City. So that'll be interesting to see how they uh, progress or don't. Yeah, and City is actually in action at the same time as well, West Ham. Uh, so you never know. If West Ham pull off a little upset there, then Liverpool's in great position. It's an exciting time of the year for the Premier League. And anything could still happen. Very much so. Absolutely. I, myself, will be watching Tottenham Chelsea, but I will have Fulham, Southampton on in the background. And I was telling Jimmy before Brad jumped on the call here that Fulham featuring Tim Ream, will have their first clean sheet of the season. I feel pretty confident in that. Uh, I'm willing to take a wager, oh, any kind of wager. Say, let's, uh, we, talked about it. we talked about some accountability with some of these. Um, uh, luckily, I, I, uh, we, we're saying this now, and I don't have to eat um, what is looking like a bad Newcastle pick for relegation. Um, but going forward, we, yeah, we should hold each other accountable. <laughs> yeah. Any suggestions? Maybe eating. Oh, <laughs> just kidding. Let's, think, let's go uh, back to the lost episode, which we have tried Mike, to record this two Mike, times. Mike, I think that if if uh, if Fulham gives up a goal, that that you have to put a post on uh, on the Twitter account saying something nice about Arsenal. Ooh, I like it. I, and I will actually try to say something genuinely nice about them because there's plenty of nice things you probably can say about them. It's just very fun to yeah, abs- rib uh. like a condom. I'm going to check yes. on the Fulham-Southampton uh, match as well. I'm going to probably peek over at that if there's like some 
some crossover if I can get another device up and running. I think that's an interesting one. I'd like to see Fulham win. Yeah. I mean, it's big. Uh, we talked about this in the last episode, but big relegation implications. If Southampton gets a win, um, pops them above Brighton and drops Cardiff into the relegation zone. If Fulham gets a win, which they sorely, sorely need, uh, they'd still be 19th on the table, but at 20 points and gives them some sort of hope. So a lot going on in that one, actually. It'll be pretty fun to watch. I kind of like watching two crappy teams go at it. Well, like, like we, I think we talked about, Fulham's defense is absolutely terrible, but they have been entertaining you know, going forward in, uh, um, in different games. So if nothing else, maybe there'll be some goals in that one. For sure. Um, any other bottom feeders in action for today? Arsenal, Bournemouth. Uh, no, I think a lot of them played yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing too right. exciting cool. today other than, yeah, this couple. I think City-West Ham is an interesting one. I know, uh, you know, uh, West Ham hasn't been bad this year, so you never know. You never know. And then uh, Man U is dealing with a lot of injuries. Crystal Palace is kind of a weird team to get a grasp on, so you never know what could happen there. Um, Jimmy, how do you feel about it? You you mentioned maybe having some young guys on the field for this one. Uh, yeah, so, I, 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 um, you know, lineups are obviously out at this point. Um, I did take a look. It looks like um, they are going to go um, with a different formation. You're going to do a, a 4 one, two, one, two, um, with, uh, you know, Shaw and Young on the outsides. Um, but we got Diego uh, Dello, who, who um, you know, has been playing right back, um, young Portuguese guy. Um, he's going to play right mid today. Um, and then uh, for the first time um, underneath Solskjaer, uh, we're going to see Fred um, starting out uh, at left mid. So um, a little bit different setup, you know, um, kind of just out of necessity. Scott McTominay is going to play center defensive mid. And then we got uh, Tahith Chong, um, not, to compu- not to be confused with Tommy Chong. Uh, to Heath Chung uh, and uh, um, and, and Garner from our U squad on the bench today. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see how the game goes. I think we're set up pretty defensively um, uh, against their against their counter attack. And then Tyndall Jimmy pointed out that Lamella is starting for Hotspur today, which is a little bit unusual. Um, what do you think he brings to the team, and where does he usually play? That is unusual. He's normally on the wing. Um... Let's see. That'd be right, right wing. Typically, typically is where left, right wing, right mid. Um, Lamala brings a lot of energy and a fair amount of chaos. He isn't afraid to chase the ball. He isn't afraid to go in for a nice firm tackle. Uh, but he also tends to do foolish things or get a little bit too cute with the ball every once in a while. Certainly a good Pochettino player, though. I mean, he he gives full effort every time. But, yeah, he's been out of the squad, really, um, you know, just coming in as a sub as of late. So kind of interesting that Pochettino would uh, would pop him in there. So be interested to see how he does. Yeah, I mean, I like Lamella. He bring, like you said, he does bring a lot of energy. But he looks like the type of player that if he wasn't on your team, you'd absolutely despise. For just sure. Like, you know, always whining, grabbing the ball, slowing things up. It's it's kind of funny. And then he'd probably be annoying to play against just because of the energy. Oh, yeah. But interesting choice, for sure. A lot of shithousery, uh, Eric Lamella. A lot of shithousery. Ah, another one of those another word. English words I like so much. Michael, did you learn a new word recently that you like? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll probably try to find a way to 
bring it in, so Fair maybe enough. you should brace yourself for that. Oh! <laughs> oh, oh, brace, baby, man. yeah. Scoring two goals in one game apparently is a brace, and I love that term, and I will shove it down your throats any chance that I get. And I was sharing that, so get ready for that I can relate because I remember discovering the word brace after reading it several times and not knowing what it was, and uh, we were just talking about how fun it is to, part of the learning process, learn new terms and learn how to speak uh, about football terms in general. It's fun. It's fun. Speaking of uh, new terms and new beginnings, I did want to go over our quick hits real quick um, and go with Newcastle and Almiron. A lot of energy coming there all of a sudden. Jimmy, what's going on? Oh uh, yeah, he's. Um, I mean, we 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 saw the the game against Huddersfield on the weekend, um, where he looked good in his first start. Uh, but I think the more impressive one was obviously uh, the game yesterday against Burnley. Um, especially in that first half, he was all over the place. Um, creating chances, creating space, making good runs. Um, he absolutely looks like he belongs um, out there, and it's uh, it's been fun to watch, ex- uh, exciting to see. And that actually ties into an ESPN FC article that was released today about something we actually touched base on, I, don't, I forget what episode, but pretty early on in the podcast here with MLS becoming a seller's uh, league and how that's you know good for the MLS. Um, you said you got a chance to read the article. Do you have any takeaways from it? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I think they talked about just, you know, changing the business. So, like, when they started, um, I feel like they bought a lot of older guys. And, and in some cases, they still do. But, you know, they bought a lot of the big names. And I think that just brought the exposure. So, like, for whatever David Beckham did or didn't do as a player, he brought exposure to the league. And that's what they needed early on. And now that they're here and, that you know, they're established, you know, we're going, you know, I mean, for some teams uh, on 30, yeah, 30 years. Um, I'm sorry, 20 years. Uh, they're starting to change how they how they organize. You know, they're they're doing scouting for young players. They're bringing guys through like homegrown players, um, South American guys. They're seeing that they can come to the MLS and use it as a springboard forward. And what it does is it brings more revenue into the league, which allows those teams to spend more and continue to grow. So um, I think that you know it was a good point. It was well taken, um, and I don't think that it's a bad thing. I think that it's uh, it's going to be an exciting thing and and, and make the league. Uh, even stronger um, as we go forward. And then uh, another quick hit we had, just real quick, I'm sure it's, it's been covered at nauseum, is Chelsea's weird goalie situation where at the end of the Carabao Cup, uh, Keppa didn't want to come out of the game. Tyndall, you watched it. What kind of scene was it? I did watch it. I did. I was watching it live and absolutely bizarre. I started texting Jim right away because thought maybe there's a precedent precedence for this um and there isn't it's very very strange i know they fined him a week's wages because of the insubordination and i think jimmy mentioned he's not seen that before but i it was blowing my mind seeing sari's reaction how angry he was that he wouldn't come out of the match uh, they were trying to put in caballero to do penalties specifically it was at the very end of time um, so they're trying to get in that substitution so that he could he could be in there for penalties. But yeah, Kepa, young player from Atletico Bilbao, who's like uh, the La Liga version of Ajax. Bilbao Baggins. Yep. yep. Bilbao Baggins, and um, yep. yeah, yeah. I think Jimmy backed me up on on they're kind of like the the Spanish version of Ajax. And uh, yeah, lots of lots of good young players come through. Yep. Yeah, got him for like eighty mil, so he's a wonder kid at, at keeper, and he's certainly talented, but. 
lot of insubordination, man. It was weird. And then Sari almost walking out of the technical area, opening the doors beyond the pitch for him to like leave the field. And then his his own staff pulled him back in. But just just highlights I mean, the chaos that Chelsea's going through right now. What would you have done in that situation? There's there's nothing to do. Like, get off the field, man. What what are you thinking? He wanted to stay in. Yeah, he he it's wanted crazy. to finish it. I mean, I I I'll say I guess from what I read that like like he had been like treated twice for injuries, right? Like the medical staff had come on twice. And so, mm, like, gotcha. is coming to PKs, and, and Sari is like, all right, man, you've been treated twice, let's get you off. You know, we got PKs coming up. And he was like, no, I'm fine, blah, blah, blah. And, like, they made it all sound this week like, you know, like, oh, everything's cool now. But if you look today, you know, Caballero's starting, and Kepa still got fined and is not not playing. So um, it just yeah. goes to show, like, yeah, everything's fine, but maybe it's not fine. Yeah, I mean, that's so. Chelsea's that, – that could be their motto for the entire year. Everything's fine, but you know it's not fine. They're kind of still in the Champions League <laughs> hunt, but hopefully we take advantage of that the the hot spur today and and wreck their souls. It'd be uh, nice to get a win. Actually, we are at two forty-five, so believe it or not, Arsenal and Bournemouth underway, Southampton, Fulham also underway, which brings up Arsenal sneaking up to fourth place in the table. Um, we talked about it a little bit in the. Um, in the lost episode, I I gotta stop mentioning that. But um, if Arsenal beats Bournemouth today, Tottenham loses to Chelsea, and then there's North London derby on Saturday. If Arsenal manage to beat Tottenham, all of a sudden they're one point behind Tottenham. Oh, obviously a lot has to happen there. But what do you guys see from Arsenal as far as uh, a chance at staying in that fourth spot, or do you think that's really man used to lose? James. Oh, uh, I mean, I like I. Um, you know, a couple episodes ago, I predicted that United would get them, and I still believe that. You know, even with the injuries, um, Arsenal, it, like everything, isn't you know, all like it's not like Arsenal's been blowing teams away the last couple games. I mean, they have taken care of the business they need to take care of, but they still they still have to play United heads up. Um, you know, in a couple in a couple weeks here, uh, I think that um, I, I I certainly don't think Arsenal's catching Tottenham, but I don't know that Arsenal's staying ahead of United either. So. Uh, I'm not impressed. Ozil starting today, and that Ooh. seems to be an ongoing yeah. drama. So, I kind of like Ozil. Maybe that'll be what I tweet positively about them if I lose the bet. Ozil. Fulham clean sheet. <laughs> Just a reminder. Talented player. Yes. He's an Arsenal player. He'll he'll if he's five feet in front of goal, he'll he'll look to pass. That's my take on him. Yeah. Talented, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, all right, that kind of segues-ish to Tottenham losing to Burnley last week, who then just lost to, uh, then Burnley lost to Newcastle with Almiron, but it was sad, it kind of seemed like it took the Spurs out of title contention for this year, Brad, what did you have to say, uh, you know, what do you think about that statement, and how do they finish the year here? I think that's accurate, seven losses is a lot, Ozil, uh, it's been Ozil an overachieving season still, fourth but... Minute. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Ozil scored a goal in the fourth minute. Arsenal's up one nothing. Wow. Perfect timing. Look at that. Yeah. Well, yep. I was wrong. But anyway, sorry. Praise Ozil. What's no, your take to go back to Arsenal real quick, yeah, I think uh, I think it's going to be an interesting race for that fourth spot, and who knows if, if Spurs don't win today and also lose the North London Derby. Like you said, they could be close if they end up taking six points from their two matches, uh, including the North London Derby. So it's going to be fun to watch. Um, three through six or seven, joggle, uh, 
you know, try and try and juggle their way and, and get into that fourth spot, top four for Champions League. But yeah, Spurs, I didn't think that they really had a chance at the title, maybe a 1%, and now maybe it's like 0.5. They, they still control their own destiny a little bit, but you're asking them to go away to some of these big clubs and get wins. And the reality is it's just going to be tough to do the the squad depth of quality just isn't quite there as as much as Liverpool and City uh, and even United I'd argue uh, or Chelsea have quality wise Um, so still very happy but I know Pochettino's really bummed and not making any excuses and saying hey if you want to win the title you got to win a match like that even though Burnley's had a nice unbeaten run so disappointing but it didn't ruin my week I'm still really excited for this week with Spurs with Chelsea and and Arsenal get a couple results and right back on track um, sitting around in third so let me uh, let me ask you guys a question because we only got a couple minutes here because I know we want to get to um, the three o'clock games um, uh, and I didn't ask this last night but it like um, I think that like personally I think Tottenham is very comfortably and I'm I'm not trying to jinx anybody like I think they're very comfortably going to finish top four at this point so maybe they're not going to make a title chase but I think that um, they have enough quality to stay there that having been said you guys are coming off a three zero victory over Dortmund. Um, do you guys have any interest in like you know pushing to pursue a Champions League push um, at this point? Yes, please. Absolutely, it would be wonderful. I mean, yeah, they're in good shape right now. There's no reason why they couldn't at least you know get closer. I don't think they would be huge be really dogs hard. in any matchup. I mean, you know, a Barcelona, yeah. uh, Bayern, a Liverpool, or a City. Definitely underdogs. Definitely not in the top half of the favorites going. If they assuming they make it through the quarterfinals, you know they're not going to be in the top half of the favorites of the remaining squads. But they have on their day, they have the potential to beat any squad. I I, I do greatly believe that. Um, with that said, you know end of a season competing on only two fronts though, which is kind of an advantage in some ways. And like you said, somewhat comfortable in the Premier League. So. You never know, man. I think if they get through the quarterfinals, that's a that's an overachievement for the year. But yeah, why not a semifinal? Why why not? Um, you know, you never know. So, well, you know that you know they're not afraid to go. I mean, like what the last two years? Um, correct my correct me if I'm wrong. The last couple of years, like you guys have gone to Real Madrid, gone to Bayern. Oh, yeah, sorry, gone to Barcelona and taken taken at least a point. You know, taking some points there. Like, yep. I mean, that says something about your ability to go like on the road in Europe and. And at least get a point out of it, um, and then come home and, and fight fight for those three at home. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Real yeah, I didn't Madrid. Think about that when we were talking yesterday, but yep. Yeah, they got a draw yeah, at Real yeah. Madrid and a draw at Barcelona, and then beat Real Madrid. That was during the group stage, though. But absolutely, you never know. But still, even so, Europe is Europe. I mean, those are competitive matches, even if they're not uh, elimination. Those are. Um, competitive matches that they went and took points. So, and we've touched something. on it a few times on the podcast. If there is some way that they can get into the new stadium, what a, what a boost that would be! Especially, you know that that would be that would be crucial for them. If they could pop in a few goals at home, that kind of boost is hard to overlook. It is, yeah. And you, hey, you never know with United, Jim. Either um, I know it's it's away, and they're down two nil to PSG, but uh, it's it's entirely possible. But who would you rather am, uh, be? I'm not giving Brad? up. <laughs> <laughs> who would you rather be in that situation? <laughs> e, 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 e. <laughs> United or PSG? Yeah. No, United or Tottenham. I'm just being a dick. To well, yeah, I, yeah. Podcast. Uh, well, of course. Well, the that's, home leg, yeah. That's, I mean, that's pretty clear. 
Um, so Champions League actually picks up again March 5, which is next week, Tuesday. Very exciting. The results or the, the, the fixtures yep, keep coming. It. It's fun. Um, did you guys have anything, any burning topics you wanted to hit before we hit these games? Or should we kind of close with uh, some rants and call this a really short episode because we messed up recording it two times? I want to touch on Jurgen Klopp again. <laughs> I just like him. I think okay. he's a goofy guy. Um, that's really all I have to say, but I think he's a fun personality to have in the Premier League. And I think it's I think it's entertaining to follow some of these managers and the way that they manage the team, the way they handle the media. The video I'm referencing is on Twitter, and it's uh, him just, like, in the background watching training, like an El Rondo, and he just is, like, German deep, almost creepily laughing to himself, off by himself, and he just seems like a fun guy. So um, good on Liverpool for bringing him in. That's my rant. Nice. That actually reminds me of Jose Mourinho a little bit because someone followed us on Twitter. That is a specific call out. He says, I am a Jose Mourinho fan. How, how does a man like that live with himself? How, how does he go to bed at night and feel good about himself? Jimmy, any thoughts on that? Uh, he must be as self-absorbed as Jose Mourinho. Like, like I like obviously the sour, the t- sour taste isn't going away anytime soon. Um, like, like objectively, semen. I'd sit here and say, yeah, oh, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> Me neither. But, but, but yeah, um, but objectively, you know, he has won a bunch. So whatever that's worth, I mean, people, uh, you have to at least say, you can't take that away from him. He's won a bunch. So people, people are going to follow him no matter what. And that's why he gets the clicks. That's why Mike follows him everywhere. I love him. So. He has I mean, had a ton of success. A bunch of wins. Yeah, that's an understatement. He would he win Champions League with Porto? Crazy. Inter. Yeah, he's impressive. Ultimately. Yeah. But he's kind of a shithead. <laughs> well, that can't be denied. That's but not a lie. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Jimmy, any rants? Um. No, I think uh, like uh, I think we touched on. The Elmeron thing, I think, uh, um, just quickly, I think it's interesting. Um, uh, outside of like the MLS being a selling league, I think it's fun that people seem to care so much about Miguel's success. And, you know, we've done that in the past with like American players going overseas, whether, you know, Donovan or Dempsey or um, Tim Howard or whoever it is. Like, we're excited to see them go overseas and have success. Um, it's fun to see now that we're seeing some players like, uh, like Elmeron, who's not an American but came from the MLS, and we're, you know, kind of holding on to that ownership uh, of him. Um, is his success is um, like uh, indicative of MLS's success. So just tying into the article we talked about earlier, I thought that was uh, that was fun and uh, exciting to see going forward. Yeah, the coverage is awesome. It's it's a lot of fun to watch. It strikes you as odd that someone from the MLS is a Premier League's highest paid signing ever. Uh, a lot to watch there. It's fun. I'm definitely rooting for him. I've got nothing else to say on that. All around, uh, all over the field, though. A lot of fun. Up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's involved in almost everything moving forward. And I think we mentioned this, uh, Brad, you and I together, that he reminds me, at least, of, of Sonny out there. Kind of, uh, you know, always moving forward, always looking to attack, very direct. Uh, yeah, he brings a lot to Newcastle. It's definitely an impact. reminds me. Running at players and into channels, he's... 
He's a difference maker. Yep. And that reminds me of the Newcastle jerseys and how you can't see them on TV and how it hurts their team. And I think they're losing fans because of it because you can't see the player's name when they're running <laughs> around the field. Uh, if you're watching like me. They're losing fans because of it. Yeah, they're losing fans because I want to know who's on their team. I usually sit and watch Premier League games with my computer next to me. When I see their number, I quick Google them to see what they look like on the field. Then I can follow them around. Then I become a fan of them. But for Newcastle, I can't tell who the fuck has the ball. It's very frustrating. Uh, change That's your fair. jerseys, Newcastle. Make those make those numbers pop, baby. Maybe but they can make them red. With that, uh, with, with that said, we are uh, done. It's almost 3 o'clock, which means we got games to watch. I was driving down the road the other day Listening to Rooster and the Devil And all of a sudden There shined a shiny demon In the middle of the road And he said Wayne Rooney is shit And so is Ollie Gunner So shy They don't represent me Red Devils, they are not I hope they run into a bunch of soccer hooligans and get shot Well, that's dark Devil Why would you do that? Well, I am the devil I do stuff like that Okay, man Leave me alone Nah, you leave me alone Rooster and the Devil Yes, Rooster and the Devil Yes, we do (laughs) You're still listening? Wow, you have no life. Goodbye.